When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, friends. Welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star. Become a diehard. $59.99 for the rest of the weekend. The hottest sale in the Valley right now outside the Valley. Go phnx.com. 79, nope, slash to $59.99. Going to get you a free hat and or shirt every single year. You're a diehard. I'm diehard about this. I'm diehard about this team. Arizona Cardinals on their much-deserved buy. Bo Brock, Johnny Venerable. Better time than now maybe to do a deep dive on the Cardinals' current squad, maybe their future squad, and some big-ticket items on the docket for the next half-calendar year, Bo. You know, as you kind of make your way through a 3-10 and 10 season, sure, there's some things that are encouraging that you like to see. You like to see the return of Kyler Murray. You like to see what Jonathan Gannon's made of, what kind of roster Monty Austin Fort can throw together on the fly while rebuilding at the same time. But it's tough to get away from looking ahead, right, to the offseason, you know, that Monty Ford told Dave Pash, Michael Bidwell told Dave Pash at some point on his podcast, you know, that they're going to have their scouting in place. It's the 2024 offseason. That's the key. And uh, with all this draft capital, with all that cap space, why not look at the Cardinals roster, is at least who's at least locked in at this point to 2024 and see where the Cardinals could uh could upgrade because they certainly need it. Uh, yeah, this is a roster that I, we asked it yesterday. Has it overachieved? And, you know, I think we got some mixed answers, but definitely room for improvement. Now, before we talk about where those improvements should come from, will come from, we have four games left. And there's some lingering questions as it relates to like this roster, free agents. And you talk about guys under contract that maybe shouldn't be under contract because Austin yeah. Ford didn't sign them to their contract. Who would you say, Bullbrock, is under the most pressure to perform? We've got the last substantial amount of games. A quarter of the season remain against top-shelf, playoff-level opponents, San Francisco, of course, Philadelphia, Seattle's mixed in there. And then we have our, our little tasty treat uh, Sunday against the Chicago Bears. But, uh, you know, this is a great evaluation period. But who do you believe right now on the Cardinals roster is under the most pressure to perform the last four games of the season? I think as far as who's under the most pressure that the ship might have already sailed on two of these guys in Hollywood Brown and Marco Wilson. Like yeah. it, Mike, Marco Wilson might not be on this roster 
come early in the off season, right? I mean, it's as far as he played special teams last week, mm-hmm. uh, it fell out of favor um, for undrafted free agents, right? I mean, yeah. you got Devad Wilson playing, starting at cornerback and playing a hundred percent of the snaps for the Cardinals against the Steelers, along with Keytrail Clark, who was, you know, benched for a couple of weeks, but made his way into the good graces of the coaching staff, showed him enough uh, yeah. and was, was not named Marco Wilson enough to, to get into the lineup. So Marco Wilson, the ship might've sailed already, but if he ever gets his opportunity, the pressure's on and then Hollywood Brown. But if you're asking me as far as, okay, who who's the ju- jury really still out on? Like, who is somebody we haven't really formulated, a, you know, a real conviction on? And I think, you know, with his fifth-year option coming up the, the, to make a de- uh, decision on that, Zayvon Collins, I think, needs to show something in the next four games. Uh, you're encouraged, but it's a position change. And is it is he shown you enough to where you want to invest the fifth-year option, which would be what over twelve million dollars uh, for the the pre the neck for his fifth season in the NFL, or do you just say okay, let's play out his fourth year and just kind of have that as a prove it year for him? So I think Zayvon Collins is, is certainly somebody that has a lot to prove for the next couple games. Yeah, to me, it's the threesome you just named. It's Marco Wilson, Hollywood Brown, and and Zayvon Collins, and I I think two of those three guys are going to be gone. That's my opinion. I think Marco Wilson, to your point. It's not like he's a bad guy. I I was grossly incorrect. I thought he'd flourish under Jonathan Gannon. He has the physical tools. It's just not a good fit. He's been benched for late-round picks, undrafted guys. I think Marco Wilson, either he's traded this offseason for a late-round pick, maybe he's traded during the draft or he's outright released. I I, I think it's more so like they're not going to save money doing that necessarily. It's going to be basically – we want to free up a roster spot for some other people because we're going to touch on cornerback a little bit later in the show. But to me, that's the position that they'll be most aggressive on in free agency. I think they'll go big game hunting. I think they'll sign mm-hmm. some supplemental players. I know that they view that position as something that of a facelift necessary. And that's not a knock on Garrett Williams and, and Keetrell Clark, but they need some stability, some veteran leadership at that role that Marco was not filling. And then I think Zavin's an interesting one. Do they want Zavin on the team? Is he a good teammate, a good player situationally? Absolutely. Yeah. I, we've we've asked that question a lot. I think Mar- I think Hollywood Brown fits in that category. You want Hollywood Brown on your team, you don't want him on your team for fifteen to twenty million. And unfortunately for Zavin, they have to make a decision as it relates to his fifth year option. I think that you and I maybe six weeks ago thought he's trending toward having that, you know, picked up. He was on pace for like the quietest eight to ten sack season in recent memory. What's happened? He's gone cold. And that's unfortunate because I thought mm-hmm. it was the opposite approach. With Zaven and somebody that's switching positions, you can have a slow start to the year. Four, six, seven games. It's like, okay, middling, right? We're getting our bearings about us. He should be playing, in my opinion, Bo, his best football this month in December. And the opposite has really happened. Like I, He had a nice tackle in the open field, tackle for loss against Pittsburgh. But if I'm paying somebody... 12, 15, 17 million dollars per season to rush the passer. We need to feel your presence. And the only person right now that I, I think gives them a consistent boost on the edge is BJ Ojolari. And, and even so, yeah. he's falling off a little bit. That's a position, cornerback, and then wide receiver with Hollywood Brown. It's not a coincidence that three guys under the most pressure, three biggest needs on the team, including, you know, tackle and defensive tackle. I, I think. Right now, we've got more questions than answers. I think Zayvon Collins is on the team next year, 
but I yeah. think it's on the Cardinals terms and I think he's a free agent in 2025. Yeah, I, I think that the the opportunity, I certainly think that that there was and it was maybe a long shot to go from off-ball linebacker position that he played even you know most of his life the collegiate level for sure yeah. and even though his body type uh his skill set kind of shows that he's probably better off the edge. And that's what Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis and Monty Osfort, their vision, what they saw. But you just making the switch isn't that easy at the NFL level. I think no. what people are saying in the chat, fantastic entries. Uh, you got Ken saying DJ, Zavin Hollywood. That's his three. Uh, John saying, how about left tackle DJ Humphreys, as Let's you kind of mentioned? It. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, it's one of those situations where – I was really down on DJ Humphreys like a lot of people because twofold. He wasn't playing well and couldn't stay healthy. I guess threefold, and he's expensive. But great person, great locker room guy. I mean, Bo, he, he's the guy that they put out in front of everybody this offseason as a stalwart, right? He came back from training camp, had a little ding, and he's been, knock on wood, available every game. But what, one? He missed one game that Kelvin Beecham had to start. Here's what I'll say about DJ Humphreys. If you look at... The cap for next year, okay, he has the third highest cap hit, $22.9 million. Now, if you cut him, you're only going to designate him as a post-June 1st cut because you're going to save $16 million in the process and only mm -hmm. have about $6 million in dead cap. It wouldn't make sense to cut him before then. You'd have to designate him as a post-June 1st. Well, why would you want to do that otherwise? What happens if the Cardinals do get Marvin Harrison Jr.? Well, you might need DJ Humphreys. Mm -hmm. It's the insurance contingency plan. It's the same reason why they signed Kelvin Beecham last year. They didn't know if they were going to get Paris. We got to have him in the fold just in case he has to start. We got to keep DJ Humphreys at least through April 1st, May or April 30th, May 1st, just in case we don't get Fashinu, Joe Alt, a first right. round tackle. I mean, you and I did an experiment earlier today. It was basically like you get Marvin, maybe you get a developmental tackle it later and pick 18 or the second round, but that are they ready to play in that case you're weighing a lot of certain scenarios but i think if you're taking one of these top two tackles you cut dj humphreys you set them out into the market you recoup that money yeah and i think we would know early on like if they're picking four or five i think they're going to be playing in that sandbox but if we finish the season best case scenario it's weird for dj humphreys is if the cardinals lose games they get marvin at three i think his job's secure yeah, well, let me say this as far as w how I view this this organization and their decision makers between Monty Austin Fort and Jonathan Gannon and his staff is I don't know, especially with a first round pick, if they draft a developmental guy like Jonathan Gannon is all about guys playing who are active on game day. And I just don't know if they take a red shirt type player and and like keep dj humphreys and then keep a developmental tackle i just don't would know if you consider that also for like pick 34 then which almost is a, a first round pick as well right i mean i think that they're going to look for guys that they want to get their failures out of the way and get up to speed like let's not fool ourselves i i think that this roster is going to be vastly improved between now and the kickoff of the 2024 season but the expectations still remain that they're a draft and develop team and if they go tackle I don't think that they're going to have a guy in, in DJ Humphreys that's standing in the way of playing time. I, I think, you know, it, it could be very similar, though, to what you're saying. Like, 
they do have a hashtag blessed amount of uh, cap space that they're not going to have to maneuver around, right? It's not like last year where they're, they're a little cap strung from the previous regime. But I think like Monty Austin for wear on the side of caution at first, right? See how the draft plays out with DJ Humphreys on the roster. And yeah. then if they get a tackle in place in the draft uh, in the first round, right? I mean, I think developmental, you could go later in the draft, but yeah, I, I think third round pick and, right. and beyond. I think we could see a, a right tackle at pick 30, whatever, and maybe Paris kicks over. But what about what do you do with Kelvin Beecham then? Because you're not, I yeah. mean, that's that's too many cooks in the kitchen. Could you see a scenario, Bo? I, I think if you opened it up, and this might be disrespectful to DJ, and said, hey, we've got a franchise caliber left tackle, albeit over mm-hmm. 30 years old. He's under contract, and you go to a team like Carolina who needs offensive linemen, who's got cap space, give us a pick for D.J. Humphreys. Is that something that you think they would entertain? I, I certainly do. Yeah. And you have a surplus because they still have Kelvin Beecham on the roster next year. Well, when you look at D.J. Humphreys' contract, I mean, what you're going to see starting left tackles that become available or people that are viewed as left tackles or tackles, you're, you're going to see them approach D.J. Humphreys' Uh, cap number, salary yeah. number, if not s- exceed it. So it, it it probably would be tantalizing and, and invaluable for the Arizona Cardinals. But at the same time, like I don't think Kelvin Beecham makes gives like helps Monty Austin Ford sleep at night through the off season if yeah. if he's moving forward with the idea that he's you're starting right tackle or left tackle. I think he likes him as depth. I think he liked him enough to bring him back and make sure that he had you know an offensive lineman that's st- you know starting caliber or like replacement value at least. But I don't think they envision a guy like Calvin Beecham at any point. I don't care if it's just during the offseason as a starter. Like, and that's not any disrespect to Calvin Beecham. What he's been asked to do, what he's done, like a tip of the cap to Calvin Beecham and a tip of the cap to DJ Humphreys. I think DJ Humphreys, what he does, uh, it does certainly, tr- I think it transcends his play on the field to where, you know, Jonathan Gannon views him as a leader in that locker room. Uh, the organization views him as a leader. And, you know, that, that can't be discounted. Well, I think you brought up a good point. It's it's going to be, I think, less and less likely for both of the veteran tackles to be on the roster, maybe in May, right? Right. Because like, uh, I, I dismissed grossly the idea of Humphreys being back next year. I could be proven wrong. Like, you could try to squeeze that, that lemon one more year, that orange. I wouldn't recommend it. I think they need to get younger and more athletic. I think... This is probably a good chance maybe for you to sell high on DJ Humphreys. Like he's cost control. He's got one year left on his deal and it might be robust 22 million, but for a team that needs a tackle that maybe isn't picking high in the draft that wants that starting experience, like he's still grading out relatively high on PFF and he's getting better as the year goes on. Mm-hmm. I, I, you would just have to be convinced in my opinion that you could get a guy to play either left or right tackle if you take Alt or Fashanu four or five, fifth overall, in my opinion, then you keep Paris Johnson Jr. on the right-hand side, whereas some of these second-tier tackles, you would have to do a lot of heavy lifting. It's like, okay, Paris is going to move to the left side. We're starting a rookie on the right side. We just did that. There'd be some growing pains there. So they're going to have to weigh all that. You also have to weigh the reality in which they do not, in my opinion, have a starting caliber left guard on the roster. Mm -hmm. That's the one position where if you're starting a tackle, 
that's a rookie, that's a baby, then you need to have a big boy next to him. Why has, I think, Paris Johnson Jr. thrived this year? He's an exceptional prospect and player, but he's also had the benefit of Will Hernandez, ass kicker, veteran player, to his left. Yeldon right. Froldholtz had a nice year. I, I think we talked about corner, and we're going to talk about some options here later on in the show. I feel like left guard is, is, a, is a place where you have to invest in March. Yeah, left no. guard is a clear hole for this team. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Baldy pointed this out a, a couple of weeks ago when we were asking about the what – we viewed as DJ Humphrey struggling at the time. And he said, well, yeah. you know, there's their, their left guard position is in flux. I yeah. mean, that's, that's the position they haven't been able to nail down uh, and get consistent play from since training camp. Like Elijah Wilkinson took that job. He ran with it. Season opened up. Elijah Wilkinson didn't look great until he went on the IR. He's recently been designated to return. And by no means, like, should that give you optimism? Like that there's going to, at some point, he's going to come back and be that his rock solid guard. And he's only under contract through this season. Yeah, and then you've seen that. Tristan Cologne, also a guy under contract just through 2023. Yeah. And uh, most recently, Carter O'Donnell, uh, who uh, pointed out on Twitter today, I'm still looking for the hold, the the phantom hold call. I think he's on the, done the most admirable job of all of them. Though. Sure. Like, I think he's done the best to not. And he's a tackle that's been kicked in. Like he he's he's kind of a tackle. So I, I still don't think that any of those are options. Like, and we'll, we'll go through the, 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 the roster in 2024 or who's under contract. And I don't think there's anybody here. Uh, Cardinal Charles uh, was pointing out uh, Rondell Moore. I think uh, Rondell Moore does have a lot to show between now yeah. and the end of the season. Here's what I will say: it, I it's not. I don't think he's helped himself considerably, but I think you've seen enough where you're at least tantalized by the possibility. Like, and I, I think he has kind of stolen a little bit of of Hollywood's presence in terms of what we think Hollywood Brown is. Yeah, in terms of like the deep play, I think you could afford to have Rondell Moore on your team next year, making no money under contract, which is a comparison. Hollywood Brown is not under contract for next year, making no money as your third or fourth receiver. Now, I don't want to call Rondell Moore a gimmick player, but mm -hmm. I do think like he's open a lot. He's available downfield a lot. He should have had a touchdown that was removed. That would have been a second touch touchdown in three weeks with Kyler Murray deep shots. Right. I think, do they want to get physical and more athletic at receiver? Yes. And I think they will add two receivers of note, whether it's Marvin, a different draft pick, maybe a free agent to come in and even things out with Michael Wilson. But that doesn't mean Hollywood Brown can, he can be a luxury for you. He can have a skill set of four to six guys. Does that mean you should resign him a year from now? No, but like in terms of putting the best player and the cast of characters on the field in 2024 to help you, I think Rondell Moore has big play potential. He's just, you would rather have taken him in the fifth or sixth round, given what you're getting now. Like it's just, it's, it doesn't add up. We have to remove the idea. At least I do. He was a second round pick. That was a mistake, right? Yeah. What's his second round pick look like? It looks like Trey McBride. It looks like Buda Baker. When you hit on those guys, right? The high end. Whereas Rondell Moore, I think he's a serviceable NFL player that you probably should have taken on day three. Certainly. But I think they're, I feel better actually about his future on the Cardinals than I do Hollywood Brown because he yeah. makes no money and he's getting open. Sure. 
Sure, and and he can he's he's adaptable. He's he's versatile. He's going to do anything that the the coaching staff is going to ask of him. Yeah. Uh, Mike and both Richard bringing up Jonathan Gaines, John Gaines, uh, who went out with the ACL injury in the preseason finale. He was playing some center. He was playing some guard in training camp. A uh, very versatile player. He was the most athletic offensive lineman at the 2023 NFL scouting combine. And he's somebody that, uh, I mean, the guy was reciting poetry at his press conference. He's an impressive young man. And yeah. I think he he's kind of probably pushed to be ready by, uh, hopefully by the end of their OTAs yeah. and somebody that's going to be ready for, for training camp, but still an unknown to me. Like, yeah. I, I oh, think yeah. that, I don't, I don't know if, if Monty awesome for, I, th- I think he's just too, um, he's going to cover all his bases to the point where he's not going to just, hey, this is our guy and we're moving forward with Jonathan Gaines. I think that they'd still want to learn a lot about him and where he fits the best because as, as much of a jack-of-all-trades he is, like it's still that thing like master of none, right? So does he fit at center? Does he fit at guard? They do want to tap into his versatility, but that's not a starting player. No, and I think I go back to what our, our guy Brian Baldinger told us so many times. You get better by playing, and he was stripped of the opportunity to play this year because you and I both know he'd be playing left guard right now. Yeah. Uh, we think. Hopefully. Uh, give it, Hopefully give it the he'd Wait, he de- he'd, be, he'd be playing something. He'd be practicing. I think he is up against it next year. Not necessarily to make the team, but like anytime you miss the entire rookie year, I think you, you have to chalk that draft pickup, fair or not. It's easier to digest because the draft class itself has been so productive, dare I say, a hit. But you have to chalk it up as anything we get from this player moving forward is a plus. That That's how I view. Now, if it's Jonathan Cooper, who's the seventh overall pick, you're on your knees hoping and praying it worked <laughs> out. But, I mean, they had so many picks anyway. He was a fourth rounder. Let's yeah. see. What he, I think you just go into camp saying, we'll have an open mind, go out there and compete. But, like, they're going to sign a veteran. They're going to sign a big boy who's played and started games in the NFL. I think they'd be wise to draft a versatile interior lineman with, you know, Hernandez under contract, just one more year for hold. I think we'll see the foundation of the interior pipeline start to develop a little bit, but you know, I, I like Gaines a lot. He was super productive in the off season, had one of the best combines of any interior offensive lineman we've seen in some time. So it's just nice to see an organization. I mean, how often are people talking about, backup center guards and people were talking asking you and I about John Gaines all preseason. I think because we all fell in love with this draft class because yeah. we knew they were going to play and the roster was in such a shit position. Yeah. It was it was it was in a terrible position. Is it better, Bull Brock? Uh we're going to talk about glaring holes on this roster here in a little bit, but I do want to ask you, somebody put this in the chat. Um so what's What's Greg Dorch's current contract situation? You host a podcast with Greg Dorch. Yeah. Break down what you think his future will be, maybe his market will be. I mean, we're best friends, basically. I mean, both uh, born and raised in Virginia. We're on the same podcast. I mean, he won't return most of my phone calls and, and my texts go left on red, but because uh, he's he's busy getting ready for the next game. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully enjoying some his bye week. But no, I, I'm joking. I mean, I think... Greg Dortch is it's is he turned into one like a Kelvin Beach and Will Hernandez situation this upcoming offseason. It was so easy for the team to just tap and, and hit, you know, uh pick up his his option or he was a restricted free agent and just tender him that deal. 
Uh, and in bing, bang, boom, he's right back on the roster. And they've got a wide receiver, a versatile player that's playing teams and, and doing yeah. everything that they ask him to. But now he's going to be in a driver's seat situation to where he can go play the market. He's not a restricted free agent. He's going to be unrestricted free agent. And, you know, I'm sure he loves his team. I, he'll do anything for this organization. This was the organization. And I'm speaking on behalf of Greg, and I don't want to, you know, speak out of line here, but I think that he's he's earned this is me speaking he's earned the opportunity to go test the market and see if there's a role out there uh to get him a multi-year with guaranteed dollars deal and and get a, a true defined role and i have to carve something out um from day one i think he's put out a lot of good tape over yeah. the last two years that a lot of teams are wisely going to look at and say let's let's have this guy come and have a bigger role for us now i also think we're talking about who's under the most pressure. I think he might have the most to gain uh, this last four weeks of the season. If Hollywood can't get right, Michael Wilson, God forbid, is still banged up. Like he was the number one receiver for this team on Sunday against Pittsburgh, albeit with one catch and help them win that game. And he's so such a dynamic player with the ball in his hands, punt return, kickoff return. Like I think he can make himself and I hope that he does a substantial amount of money. Yeah, I, I, I just it feels like to me is as much as I want him back here, like selfishly, they're going to look at what he does. And then Rondell Moore, who is still cheap and under contract, and they might say, we're just going to do a little reshifting because at the end yeah. of the day, we know they have a, a stigma. They have an idea of what a starting receiver looks like. And they're over six foot that, and they play possession receiver. That's but what it, they do. It, it, they do have the advantage of obviously he's in the building now. He's got right. familiarity with Jeff Rogers, with Drew Petzing and the offense and Monty Austin for it. And like, it could be a beach Will Hernandez situation to where, be as nice. I pointed out several times, you know, three wide receivers on your roster. I know it doesn't fit the type that Monty Austin for, you know, obviously fiends for like the right. over six foot wide receiver, but at the same time, like, you know what he's about, right. And, and he can make plays for you. Why not just lock that in and say, Hey, here's a two to three year deal. Probably more money you'll command on the free agent market. And it's a drop in the bucket compared to what their cap space is going to be in 2024. So I think there, there could be a good chance that, you know, they could find a mutual, um, you know, common ground here and, and get, Greg Dorch back because it's it's going to be a need this offseason. If it's if it, if Greg Dorch goes elsewhere, um, you know they're going to have to seek out the the Greg Dorches that become available from the other thirty one teams in this league. Rondell Moore is going to count about two million dollars against their books next year. I would venture to say like Greg Dorch is going to be paid more than that. That's my opinion. So that those are the kind of decisions they're going to have to weigh. Um, but I mean we got some folks in the ch chat like Brian saying, does he even trust this organization? They have wasted him. I'm, I'm sure behind cl closed doors, there's some truth to that. We talked to Greg before the season started, and I think he's very much taken to this coaching staff, but he did speak a little bit on the frustrations last year when he was producing big numbers and then subsequently had his, his role reduced mm -hmm. uh, in favor of Rondell Moore and, and more fair or not did not produce. And so that that's an interesting dynamic. We talk about like the swing tackle, Rondell Moore versus Greg Dorch, and like what happens, who's getting paid, who's who's staying, who's going. Let's 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 put a cherry with this conversation before we get to the roster holes and and what this roster looks like at a five thousand foot view on Hollywood Brown. 
He he tried to play admirably last weekend against Pittsburgh. He had to come out of the game. He was the lowest graded PFF player, which is probably a, just a throwaway. I mean, I do give him credit. Didn't practice. Not right right now. But for the sake of manipulating Pittsburgh defensively, like they they put him out there and they tried to make it work. You know, I, I do think that we're in the final four games of him being an Arizona Cardinal. That That's how it feels for me. I know a lot of people would say minimum deal, vet minimum, do whatever. I, I just don't envision a scenario in which he's back with the team. Yeah, it, it's tough. And even at the, the right price, it becomes tough to make the, the case for Hollywood Brown just because you just haven't seen the impact even on, on a, at a minimal level to where you say, oh, well, if he t- accepts, you know, let's say the lowest end of the spectrum of what he's getting on his market, like, where did, like, how does he come back and really impact the game and make the plays? Because uh, th- it feels like if there was ever an opportunity in his career, it's now and it's mm-hmm. not happening. So I just, I, th- I think it's becoming, you know, more and more inevitable that he moves on and, and the Cardinals look for, you know, a bigger bodied X wide receiver. Get to some of these super chats. Friend of the program, topic $64.99, Froldholt, mic'd up. That guy is positively <laughs> dope. He had a great game on yeah. Sunday against Pittsburgh. And again, I think has been a lot like that coupled signing of he and Hernandez casually by the front office on two-year extensions. Like those were nice deals. That's right. that's winning football. I know it's not going to result in a winning season, but like that, that's something the Cardinals have not been able to do historically. Right. And can you maybe negotiate this offseason i know you're gonna have a long long list to do uh for monty awesome for but maybe you just say hey let's let's add a let's tack a, a year or two on on your your deal yeah because you outperform these these minuscule deals uh this previous offseason you both of those players um are you know anytime will hernandez is in doubt for playing that week you and i are like holy shit what are they gonna do who's gonna slide over to left left right guard and and froho luckily has just been a mainstay yeah. and uh he's he's been you know talk about taking advantage of, a, of an opportunity following drew petzing over from cleveland and, and really just holding down and solidifying a center position that is not there hasn't been any consistency, any continuity with that position since Lyle Sendeline. We joke about how bad of a black hole tight end has been for this franchise. Center is not too far yeah. down that list, and like they would pray Rodney Hudson would be healthy and trot him out there to be competent. Uh, meanwhile, like is Froldholt, you know, Jason Kelsey, is he Frank Ragnow? No, but like w- the Cardinals can aspire to get those players down the line, hopefully. And in the meantime, you've got a center that's there every Sunday that is not ridiculous with the snaps, is consistent. Like, you just got to check boxes in the middle of your roster. And he does that for, you know, a fraction of what you were paying Rodney Hudson. Topic 64, again, four ninety nine. Thank you so much, my guy. Our two smaller wide receivers, Dorch Moore, a hell of a slot combination, rotation. I think those are the two guys this last month of the season that really have a chance to shine in this passing game. Mm-hmm. They're the stark opposite of what the team wants, but what the team wants isn't really available right now, as long as Michael Wilson's not, you know, healthy. Yeah. And they have the ability uh, to, to make the plays regardless of what their size are. Right. And like, they're not going to have just 
a complete lineup of guys who are six, two and above, like right. they will take the exceptions to the rule. And I think that both of these guys have the, the, the athleticism, the playmaking ability, and obviously the, the will and want to, to, to go out there and, and put in the work necessarily to do so. And also the, the willingness to play any position, return punts, kicks, um, be a gunner on special teams. Like I know Greg Dortch has already played that position. So, uh, those guys, you know, you know what you have to know about those guys. And I think that they have, you know, Rondell's already under contract. And then in Dorch is somebody that I think, uh, they, sh- they should talk to this off season. They've been money, uh, when given opportunities, speaking of money, how about desert financial credit union here? Save you money. Uh, look for desert financial credit union, the official credit union of the Arizona Cardinals for checking savings accounts mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and more. Better better time than now. There isn't one to check them out around the holiday season. Time to get responsible. You get some family money coming in? Let's invest with Desert Financial. If you're an Arizona sports fan, there's no better place to do your baking than Desert Financial Credit Union. It's the only place you can show your team spirit, Bo, every time you make a purchase with that sweet, sweet Red Sea Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. My favorite thing about Desert Financial not only the array of products and services they offer, they just have a ton of locations. It's easy for me to get my money on my terms. You do the same. Show your team spirit. Open a free checking account online. Get an Arizona Cardinal Visa debit card. Visit desertfinancial.com slash Cardinals, Bo, to get started. Team spirit, somebody took a dump on it last night when the <laughs> Phoenix Suns lost to the nice Los visual. Angeles Ray- Lakers. But yeah. uh, I'll tell you what. Got to watch every second in that game, and I'm going to watch the rest of every second of the game upcoming against the Nets, and hopefully the, the Suns take out the frustration of bad non-calls or bad calls by the refs on the court last night, plus, you know, stop turning the, the ball over. Hopefully I'm watching better basketball from the Suns team, but I'm certainly going to tune in to, of course, our friends over at Arizona Family Sports. azfamily.com is going to direct you where you can watch Suns games Free. You can see the game on Arizona's Family 3 TV and Arizona Family Sports Channel 44 Suns. They're going to heat back up. I think it's inevitable at this point. They're going to get back. They're going to get hot. And you're going to want to check them out. You're in Flagstaff. You can find them on Dish Channel 44. You can find them, of course, in Yuma, Tucson, Albuquerque, as far east as the Kirky. Check them out right now, wherever you live in AZ or New Mexico. Visit azfamily.com. Click Suns Games for listing information in your area. AZ Family, a great resource to help you find the Phoenix Suns games on Arizona Family Sports. And check out our guy, Mark McClune. You got Nick, you got Julia, great sports team over there, giving you all the news every night. Let's check out the Arizona Cardinals depth chart, Bo, as we enter the last quarter of the season. Looks a little bit different as it relates to the early portion of the season. Let's go offense now. Offensive depth chart. Well, these are guys that are under contract in 2024. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and there's no left guard there. That's a that's a problem, isn't it, Bo? Do you want to play left guard? Does Bronny Venerable uh, want to jump no, in there? I don't think so. I like you know having some snacks and watching the game uh, with PHNX Cardinal faithful. But uh, I've looked at Will Hernandez. I want to say eye to eye, but it's really his stomach to my eye line, and that's just <laughs> the most fierce gentleman in the NFL, in my opinion. The Arizona Cardinals right guard. So they need to find his counterpart for for left guard. And again, like Humphreys is under contract. We broke it down. I would be very surprised if they didn't get it. Like they could go out and have a Frode Holt level signing at left guard and they'd be in good shape. 
But there's some names we're going to talk about that are going to be really intriguing for this team, some names that they've been tied to. But as of right now, that's not a terrible starting point for next year. You assume that Paris Johnson Jr. is going to take a huge jump. Froll Holt and Will Hernandez have been re- very solid. McBride's a star. Humphreys could be replaced with a, a first-round pick. We've talked about left guard. I like the offensive line. I think the offensive line is probably the most underrated unit on the team right now. Yeah, it's 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 really rock solid. I, it, we identified it as something that we were a bit bullish on when kind of the national media and, and people outside of Arizona, they thought it was going to be one of the poor lower rank groups in the league. And I think it's, it's been, you know, above average. I, I really think the continuity has been solid and, you know, it was a, it was a group last year that was just ravaged by injuries, but what did you expect from, you know, a squeaky wheel need wanting to retire center, uh, bringing back also Justin Pugh, who wanted to, was thinking about retirement that off season as well, even though he returned to the playing field this year. Um, and then, you know, uh, it was, I think that they did a great job in building it getting a, a guy with a nasty streak back with Will Hernandez, who always wants to be out there. DJ Humphreys was motivated and, and missed time at the end of the last season, I think wanted to come back and prove himself. And then you've got, you know, just the addition to the group that doesn't play or really hold himself as a rookie and six overall pick Paris Johnson Jr., who really kind of infused some, some just really rocks like some momentum into this group where before it was just like, Hey, let's get a patchwork veteran group where I think yeah. that uh, Paris Johnson jr. Almost galvanized this group to where it's, it play it's, it's above average. There's something to be said about continuity and they finally have that up front. What about the skill players? Well, I think I, in my opinion, two of these guys, hundred percent safe. And after what we watched from James Connor on Sunday, I think it would be a mistake not to have him back a part of your team in whatever capacity necessary in 2024. Kyler Murray, we know, franchise quarterback, $52 million price tag. It would take a colossal collapse events, last four games, for him not to return. I I think the general consensus, 90% of folks, and then I believe almost universally within the Cardinal organization is, unless Caleb Williams is somehow made available, that Kyler Murray's your guy. And then you look at Michael Wilson under contract, Hopefully he can make the most of the final month of the season has had an injury bugaboo every year. So he's a starter, but is he a stalwart slot wide receiver running back open to interpretation, open to an infusion of youth and talent. I I don't know if they're going to dip their toe bow into the free agent pool. This feels more like a a unit that is going to be boosted by an early round wide receiver potentially. And then some mid round supplemental guys, Specifically at running back, I've told you this before. I think David Montgomery, Jameer Gibbs Mm -hmm. is the template for James Conner and a rookie next year. Obviously not Gibbs in the first round, but there's there's an option for that. Maybe Michael Carter returns in some capacity, but typically those who spend big money on skill players in free agency are are disappointed. That's that's my experience. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I I think that... They can find, and you have to believe that they can find somebody to supplement the room yeah. in free agency, 
right? Uh, and and we saw there's some big names out there that I don't think that they're going to be in that sandbox for, right? They're not going to go out and pay Michael Pittman Jr. twenty to twenty five million dollars a season to play wide receiver or Calvin Ridley, who you know I don't think the Jags will let with out of, out of their grasp. And those are probably franchise tag candidates if they can't get multi extension deals done. So do they even become available? So then you start to look around like. Who, who is available? What what options do you have? And it's like Odell Beckham Jr. I don't think that they're going to kick the tires on somebody like that. Um, you know, the, the, the wide receiver position is is just something where it's it's a bit tough. Like maybe a Tyler Boyd, maybe that's somebody that they could bring in to play like three or, four, or fourth in, 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 in depth. But you're right. Like they're going to continue to build this roster in like the next starting caliber wide receiver isn't going to come from the free agent market. It's going to come through the draft. Speaking because, of, yeah. yeah. Speaking of free agency, well, let's look at notable offensive free agents that they could choose to target or not target Bo Brock. This is offensively. These are notable offensive free agents of name. This is, uh, certainly mm-hmm. isn't everybody, Bo, but like you just mentioned it, like Michael Pittman's not going to be available. They're not paying their quarterback anything. I think the same thing goes for um, Calvin Ridley. You know, T. Higgins is a name to watch just because they're paying Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase is, deserves a big deal. Mike Evans, you know, is over 30, and I don't think he ever leaves that franchise. <laughs> but then you've got Jonah Williams, Robert Hunt, Jonah Jackson, Ezra Cleveland. Those are all, I think, real options for the Cardinals. You know, I know Jonah plays tackle, but the guards in particular, you could see an infusion of a veteran on that left side that we just talked about. Yeah, especially if they add at the tackle position in the draft. Like you mentioned, the 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 reverse kind of Paris Johnson Jr. Will Hernandez tandem, that buddy cop that we love, right? Yeah, the buddy cop duo, that tag team wrestling combo. Uh, but like you would pair that that young tackle again with a maybe a vet guard and Jonah Jackson in in Detroit. You know he's probably got some sort of relationship with a Dave Sears, who's your assistant general manager, and he knows all about him. Maybe that's where you throw some money at him. I mean, 26 years old, former third round pick, that that might be your solution at left guard uh, in a two to three year deal. Ezra Cleveland also fits that kind of prototype. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think I don't know if they look to a guy like Evans at the wide receiver spot. And I just don't know if these young guys from Higgins, Pittman Jr., Ridley become available. So, and I just don't know if they're going to look to a guy like Jonah Williams at the tackle spot. That's one of those Jonah Williams, like he fits the criteria or he, he's the guy and, and it's there every off season where teams are going to overspend and just throw money at this guy. And it's not going to match the productivity. No, no. Uh, Robert Hunt, by the way, one sack allowed this year, 77.6 overall, one of the best guards in the NFL, Miami Dolphins. Uh, and, you know, they got to pay Tua. They're paying Tyreek Hill. Maybe he becomes available. I, I just, th- this this Cardinal team is going to spend on the on the lines of scrimmage. That's They're going to draft on the lines of scrimmage. Like I think they have, the, I think it's a pretty decent guard group too. Like when I look at the drafts, you get the kid out of UConn, Haynes. You got uh, kid Tate uh, Ratledge from Georgia and Cooper Beebe, who's been on the radar for the last couple of years. I thought they, they thought he might come out last year from Kansas State. Just an absolute, just B64, 335 mauler. You'd love to just draft him and throw him into your left guard spot and and just kind of 
let him work next to DJ Humphreys potentially next year. That I'm I like that. I'll I'll sign up for that right now. So uh, T Higgins is the name I think on that group that's most realistic to like hit the market potentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, take a guess what his projected contract is going to look like. And again, this is an older projection, so yeah. typically projections go up, albeit he's been hurt this year. But take a guess, T Higgins' new contract in the NFL. Uh, I mean, let's see. Christian Kirk got four for 74 that can get up to about 80. I can imagine that puts somebody like T Higgins right around four for a hundred. Good for you. It was about four for 93, 95. So right there, as much guarantees as you would like. He is only 24 years old. Listen, if we have to do an emergency podcast in March because the Cardinals paid T Higgins, I'm not going to cry about it. <laughs> like it, that's a that's a good effing problem to have. And certainly you, sell, like, you can sell T Higgins jerseys easy. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's been hurt this year. He's only got like just under 400 yards, but he, he's a big time player out of Clemson. Is it my first choice? No, I think, you know, the more we do a deep dive into this draft class, the more I am encouraged by one, number one, number two receivers all over the place. I just, yeah. to me, it's, and I also just watched Kyler Murray win two games without a number one wide receiver. So like, is tr- like if Trey McBride's giving you, God forbid, a thousand yards a season at tight end, like, do you need to pay big money right away for a wide receiver? I would argue maybe roll the dice another year. See if you can no. go supplemental draft pick, not supplemental draft pick, but mid rounder, first rounder. Michael T- Michael Wilson obviously is included in that. You might be able to get by. Yeah. If you, if you go, say you get a Tyler Boyd, you got Michael Wilson, you've got Rondell Moore. And probably Zach Pascal coming back, but is is he really entered the equation as far as true receiver? Um, and then you add uh, a rookie. You say you try to draft the next T Higgins instead of pay, throw money at at the actual T Higgins and just be patient with his development. I think that you'll be paid off, right? By yeah. you you can in this draft, and and we've talked to somebody very in the know as far as the upcoming draft, and they they pretty much echoed if not just completely hammered the fact that this is such a talented wide receiver draft that you know you can find it beyond the the cardinals own pick the houston pick and and in the second round with your own pick or in the third round with the three selections they have good question by brian can you get t higgins and still draft marvin harrison jr i would say no i i think if we're sitting here doing our final show of the year for the season and we know where the Cardinals are picking, and they're picking third. Mm-hmm. You can you can r- turn it into the podium, basically, that they're <laughs> going to take Marvin Harrison Jr. He's the best player in the draft. Like, if if the two quarterbacks go above him, that's the that's the receiver that they're going to add this offseason of note. They could get a mid rounder. They could get a veteran like a Tyler Boyd to supplement, but they're not going to go out and spend big money. Whereas I do think Brian. If they have a tackle in mind that they want, they're picking four, five, six, whatever, or an edge rusher, and then maybe they're they are convinced that pick 18, 19, 20, whatever Houston's is, we're gonna get a number one corner, we're gonna get a defensive end or a tackle or whatever. They could say, Okay, we feel confident that T. Higgins can take that next step, be a twelve hundred yard receiver for us. Let's pay them. Like, I don't think that's what they will do, but mm-hmm. I you could talk yourself into that, but Marvin comes here with an immediate expectation. If you draft him, Bo, he is having a Jamar Chase S type of rookie year. Fair or not? Like that, he is having a thousand yard rookie season. Like fucking Puka Nakua is going over a thousand yards yeah. this year. Tank Dell was going to do it. 
he's gonna he would come in and be your number one receiver. He's averaging over sixty yards per game. But if say you're out of Marvin Harrison Jr. striking distance, say you're yep. at five, six, seven, because you're one went away from really kind of murkying the the waters there as far yeah. as who you're going to be in line to get. Like, do you in free agency if one of those guys becomes available? And, and I see in the chat, you know, Pittman over T. Higgins, but I think really the issue is who becomes available. Who, who can you, who can you, yeah. I think that if Pittman doesn't, you know, come to a huge extension with the Colts that they'll franchise him. Um, but if, if Michael Pittman jr. Becomes available and you're not within Marvin Harrison jr. Striking distance. Yeah. Bring the young man back to where his dad played some NFL football, Michael Pittman senior, where he, where he was the running back for the Cardinals. Uh, I I'd sign up for that. And then you're, you know, you're taking a tackle, you're taking the best edge. I, I think that that that's fine. But you know, is as far as realistically, I, I just don't think that the Arizona Cardinals are, that might be a spot that, that they throw money at in the future, but they would like to put themselves in a position to draft, develop, and then keep and resign a wide receiver instead of having to go out there and find one. Yeah. When we watch like OTAs and mini camp highlights before the rookies are in the fold, like the top two targets, in my opinion, on this team are going to be Trey McBride and they're going to be Michael Wilson in the off season. Like Kyler Murray's never had an off season with, with Michael Wilson. He's has he played, he's played like one game with him. I think that's going to be a point of emphasis this off season, yeah. get those two guys synced up. Cause like, we're sleeping on him now, and you can't like. I'm not gonna say you can't trust him, but we're we're teetering on that point where like, is he just gonna be a player that misses time every year? That's not ideal, right? Like, mm-hmm. hopefully not. But like, he 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 lit up San Francisco for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Like that happened. He he can be a big time player for you. He was on pace for almost a thousand yards at one point this year before the injury, and I think he also was a byproduct of bad quarterback play and not rhythm targets. Like, could you imagine, I think a Renaissance like Trey McBride is having with Michael Wilson, but he's got to stay healthy. Let's get some of these super chats, Bo Austin, $2, Bronny venerable starting left guard. And you just write my (laughs) obituary because I will be dead in a matter of plays. Um, Austin, he he would strangle you. He'd murder you. You would be dead. You'd be a dead man. We can, uh, our, our guy, Britton Golden, has access to a facility, a training football facility close to our office at PHNX. This offseason, Bo and I are going to go screw around there and I'm going to tear <laughs> both of my ACLs, but it's for your entertainment. I, That's uh, right. Uh, Austin Bo, $2. Thanks for getting us through the season. Thank you, Austin. It's oh, man. A, a, well, a thanks. Thank you for getting us through a season. It, we, we couldn't do the show without uh, everybody chiming in the chat. I have to just sit here and endure what uh, Johnny's shouting about uh, at any given day. So hey. everybody, everybody breaks it up, and, it, and it's great. We're just uh, – we are grateful to be a part of this uh, this community. Topic 64, grateful for, for him. Obviously, chiming in in Super Chats. Another one, 199. Sleeper, Daniel Arias is not sorry. The big, tall, wide receiver out of Colorado who is an undrafted free agent who's back on the practice squad. Um, he actually might even be on the active roster. I have to double check that, but yeah, we'll see how he develops and, and hopefully gets an opportunity through OTAs this, 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 uh, upcoming spring. Maybe he can carve a, a rollout for himself. Go via Greg Dorch on that. Yeah. Carve yourself out some time to check out our friends at circle K become a part of the inner circle bow. Join it today by downloading the circle K app best place for Free prizes, snacks, weekly entry into grand prizes. And again, like premier coffee, ice cooled fountain drinks, like pizza to go. Like 
I love convenience and that's what I get from Circle K. I hate waiting. I'm grab and go. And I, you know, I like premium gas at not a premium price. I get that more. Terms and conditions apply at participating locations. Visit circlek.combo for more details. Check them out, circlek.com slash store dash locator to find the nearest Circle K to you. Yeah, I'm a part of the inner circle. I obviously cash in on the inner circle rewards and download the app. I love it. It was the easiest thing to do. It's free. Uh, also, something that uh, I wasn't aware of before working here at PHNX, of course, seltzers. They're the big craze right now. Uh, if you're looking for a little different seltzer, right? I mean, everybody's got one. Uh, Wink is got the most intriguing set of seltzers that you can giant buy, buy right now online the consumers to buy direct and have it delivered to their doorsteps from drinkwink.com that's d-r-i-n-k-w-y-n-k.com the product is thc it's not booze it's not alcohol it's cbd in each of their cans and it comes in 2.5 milligrams and five milligram cans online zero sugar zero calories and they come in a variety of flavors mango lime black cherry, like all those ones you're used to seeing with the alcoholic seltzers, but here with the seltzers with the THC, and you don't want to miss out on them. And right now, you can go online. You can buy 12, 24 variety packs right now using the promo code PHNX for an additional 50% off your total order. And check out their sister product, Countdown, available at dispensary stores only. They come in 25 and 50 milligram cans. Right now, you can buy them inside the Cannabis Tempe Dispensary, all Sunday goods locations, and the two on green med dispensary but go online use that promo code phnx and let's count down the 2024 together in all dispensary locations that carry the countdown product but of course the uh, delivered to your doorstep wink at drinkrink.com uh wink good uh cardinals defensive depth chart for 2024 maybe not good uh i think it's the biggest weakness on the team bill brock let's check it out under contract for next year a lot of names any of them good? Any of them building <laughs> blocks? I think there's a lot of good here, but there's a lot of holes. And I'm looking at that defensive line in particular. I like Dante Stills. That's that's a, a big-time problem. That that position group, just open up the checkbook. Start flooding it with cash, Monty Austin Ford, because that I, the fact that they're winning right now with the current state of their defensive line, I think, is a testament to the coaching because, good hell, it's like smoke and mirrors out there. Yeah, so the defensive front... Um, in the defensive line rotation, they like to have it five deep. And right now, these are the two guys they have under contract. There's no Jonathan Ledbetter. There's uh, there's no Carlos Watkins and in, in um, who who's the guy? L.J. Collier. Kevin who, Strong. Yeah, Kevin Strong. Those guys are all done after this season. So you'd have to renegotiate, bring them back. So you've got Roy Lopez, who I think you can be encouraged by that they acquired from the Texans. But Dante Stills is really the only guy moving forward on that D-line. So That's crazy. You're going to have to – they are really going to have to focus on that this offseason. So the defensive front is, is going to be so key because when you looked at how Jonathan Gannon's – defense was so successful in Philadelphia it was really up there with the beef up front and the Arizona Cardinals uh they lack beef they I mean they're vegetarian right now on the defensive line I need a, a double beef uh quarter pounder which is <laughs> make it make it to go because I I need to go and buy a defensive lineman and then you still need like I think even if they sign and they will starting caliber defensive lineman you need to draft some like you almost need to draft multiple. It's become so dire for this team. And then let's look at the pass rush. Like, it's, you know, I like B.J. Ojolari. I think he's a starter next year. 
Victor Dumakeji's flash, Dennis Gardeca's flash, Cameron Thomas played pretty well against Pittsburgh. We talked about Zayvon Collins. I think the term I'll use is placeholder. It feels like a lot of these guys are placeholders. You know, no disrespect needed. Like, where's the flash? Where's the the big time pressures and the sacks? They just don't exist, right? These are all situational pass rushers. And I'll include Zayvon in that. Like, B.J. Ojolari, I think, has a chance to be the one guy, obviously, eight to 10 sacks. You feel good about that high second round pick. Everybody else is. Could they start a game and be okay? Sure. They'd be, they'd be mm. all right. But I think Gannon, in particular, Nick Rollis, when they're in their bag, they can manufacture pressure. Do they have an ass kicker, one-on-one pass rusher, a la a Chandler Jones? No, of course not. They don't, they don't have that right now. Yeah. And I think you're, you, you could definitely use a first-round pick on one. You could dabble in the free agent market. There's going to be some guys, notable names, high draft picks once upon a time that were available. But that, that position group to me, it's not as dire as defensive tackle, but it's one that you're like, oh, yeah, let's let's add some capable high-end talent to this group. Yeah, and, and you know what? Like, as daunting as it looks just on our graphic alone, I think it's something that could be a relatively easy fix, right? Sure, I agree with that. In, in, the, in the way of you get a Jazier Newton out of Illinois and that and, and couple him with Dante Stills. And then you, you, you obviously like some of the guys that were playing this season from a lead better or strong. Um, you like, you don't bring them all back. Right. Because there, there certainly was games where they were just blown off the, off the line of scrimmage. But when those guys are kind of pushed down the depth chart and down the rotation and then, but you've actually got starting caliber to potentially, you know, above that, type players on the defensive line, you know, it, it changes things, right? So can you get a Newton out of Illinois? Can you, can you get somebody down the draft? Can you get one in free agency? So like if you had two players to the mix, maybe one signing and one drafted, like now you've got three guys who are like joining Jonte Stills, who's the lone wolf in that group. That's actually starting like caliber. And you've got three in your rotation and then you just figure out, you know, who you could fill in the other two spots. And then that pass rush, right? Like BJ Ojolari, I think you should absolutely be encouraged by, right? Of course you wanted to see him start right out of the gates, but he dealt with some, uh, some physical issues. He, he was, he had a procedure in the off season after he was drafted. Uh, but BJ Ojolari, you put somebody opposite BJ Ojolari, a Jared verse or somebody or somebody via free agency. That's an ass kicker that that's had some, you know, a gaudy sack number a year. I mean, that immediately changes the complexion of that pass rush group. And guys like Dennis Gardak, Victor Dumakeji, uh become, you know, just depth and, yeah. and guys that can go in there and do things that they specialize in. And that group just looks completely different. It's like the Diamondbacks deep bullpen, right, in the postseason where you've got your starters, your workhorses, and you've got some guys that can come in and, and give you an inning, inning and a half. That's what the, the, Car- the Cardinals have, the late inning guys, Where's the frontline starter? Let's look at the secondary of Damon Dog. Let's check out that defensive depth chart one more time. Uh, safety, this is the strongest position on the team. I think Jalen Thompson warrants a Pro Bowl berth this year. I think Buda Baker is Buda Baker. You obviously want to keep him around. Kazir White will be healthy this offseason. Of course, they could add an inside linebacker, but newsflash, Steve Kime, that's not a premium position. So <laughs> could Owen Papo get first team snaps this offseason? I'd like to see that. I'd like maybe a mid-round inside linebacker is drafted. But we talked about at the top of the show. Here's what I'm prepared to tell you this podcast. If there's a position they're going to spend big money on, I think they go out and get a bona fide number one veteran corner. I think oh, man. Darlene Thomas, Keetra Clark, Garrett Williams 
all rookies, all cheap. They're in-house. Chef's kiss, you're good to go. You can splurge on a corner. That that doesn't mean they wouldn't take an early corner in the first round. But I think the Gannon and company, uh, I know that like that's a position group where they need to get not an adult in the room, that's disrespectful, but a veteran. They need a veteran, an alpha CB1, a number one corner. Marco Wilson, he failed that category. You know, that might sound harsh. They gave him every opportunity. Some would say, Bo, too many opportunities. It hasn't come to fruition. I think they go out and they are big game hunting for a number one corner in free agency. Well, and with Kazir doing what he did this season, and it can't be understated, right? He was their war daddy. He was a guy that really kind of brought in, was able to translate Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rollis' defense to the new organization. And he yeah. was he was huge, what he was able to do in that locker room and on the field. Uh, him coming back from the biceps, and he will come back, and he'll be fine. It's not an ACL or anything like that. He'll be back in his normal position at the linebacker spot. And then, you know, Papo, I don't know what he'll do. He primarily rushed the passer from the off-ball linebacker position. A good game so, Sunday against the Steelers. Yeah, but, you know, it was it was was he wasn't doing what, you know, they tasked their off-ball right. linebackers to do. They were finding ways to get him in the game and, and really simplify what he was doing. Uh, but really – the, the last couple weeks where they got the full staff, full like strength safety group and slot corner group between Jalen Thompson, Buda Baker, and Garrett Williams, them solidifying that that position group now makes it easier is like identifying, okay, need an outside corner. And if they can get at if they can get that Jalen Johnson, I mean, man, does this secondary look completely different, right? That's- Let's tee it up. Let's look at those notable defensive free agents, Bo. You just mentioned what I think a lot of people are going to consider the crown jewel of this free agency period for the Cardinals. Cardinals are projected to have over $70 million in cap space. That's before any extensions, cuts, uh, you know, contract manipulation, uh, the extension of the contract. They got a lot of funds. They're top five in funds. Jalen Johnson could be the benefactor for the Cardinals of a Chicago Bears franchise that could have a new GM and head coach. They did not prioritize him, giving him an extension. They, they're, they're extending other players. They're extending, you know, uh, not Chase Young, but Montez Sweat. You look at this list. If all these guys are available, you can have any of them. Who, who are you prioritizing first? Man. Is it Jalen Johnson? Yeah, yes. But here's what I'll say. Could they get three of these guys? Is that is that too far fetched? Is that am I setting the expectations too high? I I think two is very possible. I mean, when I look at this edge group, I'll take any one one of those correct. four guys. Correct. Right. Correct. I mean, Brian Burns, Josh Allen, those guys are unreal. Uh, and then you you couple him with, with Jalen Johnson on the back end, and then I'm not saying you're going to Chris Jones. I don't think he he'll go anywhere. Uh, but if you could get a Wilkins. Uh, yeah, some of these players could get tagged too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, but could, if you get two of these three guys, man, does that change how your defense looks, doesn't it? They just like we talk about it offensively, and they don't have like a bunch of young blossoming talent outside of a couple spots, but they have some veterans that we like. Like defensively, like outside of the safeties and Kazir White, like they don't really have any veterans to build around either. Like that's where mm-hmm. you can go and splurge. Like. You're going to pay DJ Humphreys to at left tackle $22 million, but you're not going to spend $22 million on Jalen Johnson in his mid-20s? Like, of course you are. I, yeah. I think if I'm looking at 
both of like these three positions, I think the most likely combination is a defensive lineman and a corner. I think edge rusher, they could just run it back and then draft an edge rusher in the early to mid rounds and probably feel okay about it. Like you have to, in my opinion, like Chris Jones is probably that's that's probably just doesn't fit their window. And if he's going to sign a short term deal, he's going to do that with Kansas City. Mm-hmm. I I I think if those three guys are available, you have to secure one of them. Yeah, and I think if those three corners are available, you have to at least have the conversation. But your defensive line group is just not an NFL starting defensive sure. tackle group. It like it feels when you look at this edge rush group, like Daniel Hunter's not going back to Minnesota. No, it feels like that relationship is just Chase Young's not signing in San Francisco. Right. And and the uh, <laughs> me saying three of that group was sensible. My sensible bow is out the out the window. But the amount of money that they're going to have to spend in premium positions, players like like that are that when if they any of those guys become available, you can bet that Monty Osford's going to be hitting up their agents, the representation. But uh, like the only person I see that might be tagged and, and de- just destined to remain on his his current team is Josh Allen, right? I think Jacksonville would work that out, but yeah, your point, like if Brian Burns gets tagged, he's going to burn the stadium to the ground. Like, I, I don't think, think he, I think that's a scenario in which they, they probably go their separate ways. It feels yeah. like it feels like it. If they haven't committed at this point, unless they have a new regime and they look, they have, they might have a new GM. Like right. I, I, this could play the, the guy's on his fourth coach. Right. <laughs> I, I think, that they very much overplayed their hand of not trading him last year when they had a huge offer from the Rams. Thank God that didn't happen. But I, Brian Burns to me, if you can get him on a second, con- that's like the Chandler Jones trade. Yeah. Times too. I mean like that, he's the kind of player where you can, you could definitely get a, an instant 14, 15 sack guy, anybody. And I'm not just being a Homer. Anybody's getting elevated by this coaching staff, JG and Nick Rallis. Like they resurrected in part Hassan Reddick's career. They took him from a B plus a minus to an A plus guy and he's kicking ass and I'm happy for Hassan, but there are some guys that really, I think could benefit from being a, a gem, a crown jewel in Jonathan Gannon, and Nick Rowell's the defense. Yeah. Everybody's loving Brian Burns from the Carolina Panthers. And look, this isn't going to be uh, easy for, it's not just, Hey, so money Dylan Richardson, give me Ken, Kenny Moore and Jalen Johnson. Here's why I like Jalen Johnson over Kenny Moore and Dylan. I thought about Kenny Moore when I was looking at who's going to be available as far as free agent cornerbacks, Kenny Moore primarily plays in the slot. And I think that that's somewhere they're going to move forward with, with Garrett Williams. And I just don't know if Kenny Moore, if his game translates to outside and it can play, he can be versatile. And he's got experience with Jonathan Gannon, like when he started his career and with the Colts, Kenny Moore, Jonathan Gannon was there. So we'll see. Um, but man, is it fun to kind of try to forecast this Two, If you get two of those guys on that defensive list, Johnny, it completely changes what you do. And if you do like, say you get an edge and you get a corner, and then you can just focus all, all put all your focus on defensive line uh, in the draft. I mean that it makes things it simplifies things. I think we're looking at a situation which, like, if Jalen Johnson hits the free agent market, he's probably the number one player available. His P, you know, his PFF grade is this year. Not that that's everything. Yeah. Take a guess what his PFF grade is this year. I don't know, like 89? 90. And he's got a coverage grade of 90.4. How the fuck are the Bears so bad? And they have a no- legitimate number one corner, and they just get worked all the time. I know their defense is better. 
I mean, it's like Cardinals have been a, a rough franchise for, for, you know, touch and go here and there, but like they resigned Patrick Peterson. Like when you have an ACE, when you have a number one player at a key position, you like they're trading for Montez sweat mid year in a lost year, a premium second round pick. And then just like signing him and not paying Jalen Johnson. I hope the Cardinals are the can best. Can I just back. have can I have some fun here? Like I just this is why not? I mean, it's it's the well, second show. We have fun every day. Week. Yeah. I mean, just let's just it's dreaming, it's free. Let's just say, like, if the Cardinals get one of those edge rushers, and, and then it just it, and say they're out of the Marvin Harrison Jr. sweepstakes, they're okay. at five, six. Like they could trade down, accumulate more picks, take Jazir Newton out of out of Illinois, and then it's like you're starting to cook with some grease here as far as your front seven. I, I'm let's have fun here in a second. Let's talk about before we get out of here because we got to do some more reads, and and then I want to pose a question to you, and I want to pose it to everybody. Get, guys, sit on this question because it goes into what Bo's talking about. If you can't get Marvin Harrison Jr., what's your best case scenario? for this draft if they're if they're picking four or five whatever either a player trade down tell me what it is hit that like button in the meantime and uh have some luck with arizona lottery it's scratch off season for the holiday season uh because it's last minute shopping done easy bo they're the perfect holiday gift uh bo's got a bunch of them in the office they haven't made it uh to my home studio <laughs> here, which is unfortunate but that's not to be expected i'll go out and spend my one dollar uno dollar on top prizes up to five, $50,000, $50,000, tons of money uh, for just $1. Go out, buy your holiday scratchers today. They're the perfect stocking stuckers for those who are of age. Buy them now. You will not be sorry that you did. No, you won't be sorry at all. I mean, I'm going to Circle K and uh, I'm making it rain 10 bucks or so, and I'm just checking off boxes for my holiday shopping list. Look at Damon Dog dropping in here. The holiday cash scratcher can win up to 500 bucks right now. I'm going to scratch it off, but I'm also going to tell you about it, my friends over at Shady Rays. Because you know what? I can multitask. Uh, looking for a big fat winner here on the scratch off, but I'm also going to tell you that if I win, I'm going to take my winnings. I'm going to go to ShadyRays.com and I'm going to check out their full product line, right? They've got some unbelievable deals on some really good looking sunglasses that are going to be that uh, rock solid pair of sunglasses that are going to get you through whatever outdoor adventuring you're doing. Uh, and they look great. Of course, they rival any of the boutique sunglasses, brand name sunglasses that you know and love, but they're not going to break the bank. Go to ShadyRays.com, save even more money by using the promo code PHNX on your purchase. Because when you do that, you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs of premium sunglasses from Shady Rays. So go to ShadyRays.com, use that promo code PHNX, you're going to get two or off you're going to get 50% off two or more pairs. Uh, go to ShadyRays.com. Find out why 250,000 people are rating them five stars online. I didn't best, think. Yes. Uh, best case scenario, 2024 okay. NFL draft, not named Marvin Harrison Jr. Are you prepared to answer this question? Do you need more time, my friend? The best draft option for the Arizona Cardinals, not named Marvin Harrison Jr.? Yeah. Probably Olu Fashino. For you, that's what you would decide today? Yeah. Okay. Um, I I disagree. And here here's here's what I would think is is the best case scenario. And Fashino is a great contingency plan. Oh, uh, best I'm case Joe, scenario. Got it. I, I'm a Joe Alt guy. 
and you know that. I do think, let's say hypothetically, right now Chicago, New England are picking one, two. Cardinals are picking three. God forbid that switches. Let's say the Giants are third overall, and mm-hmm. the Cardinals are picking four. And right behind them, the Jets at five, and right behind them, a team like Tennessee. Cardinals have a relationship with Tennessee. Tennessee, let's say they're, they're ready to move off of, you know, Will Levitt's. You know, he's too busy flexing, eating bananas with the peels on. They're not into it. They really like one of these other quarterbacks. They want to be bringing competition. I think if you traded from four to six and got another team's second round pick and still got a top two tackle, that would be my preference. I know that's asking a lot, but I think my I, I don't want to lose out on a top two tackle if you're not picking three. So let me make that clear. Mm-hmm. So if I could still secure one of the tackles and trade back and get a pick for a team that wants a quarterback, because we talked to somebody in the know earlier today, there could be as many as four to five. Colin Coward's got five quarterbacks going in the top 10. Now that's ridiculous. But like, if you feel like you could manipulate and take advantage of a team that needs a quarterback, I would try to go down ever so slightly. But I'm not in the business of, of passing on one of these two, what I think are generational tackle prospects. I don't think that Monty Osford's going to handcuff himself that much. Like I, I think he's going to view, and this is a really rock solid, especially top of the draft, that if he misses out maybe on those two tackles, that if he misses out on Fashionu or an alt, that he views that he can get some value down the draft board and he's going to look at some maybe top prospects at other positions like Jared verse at the pass rush position. We mentioned Jazir Newton, who I think is probably just going to be on the outside of the top 10 looking in, like could he maximize the value of his draft pick and with those quarterback hungry teams, and there's going to be a lot of them uh, and and within striking distance uh, because of their, lack of consistency at that position, you could take advantage of that and still be in a, a prime position, just like with Paris Johnson Jr., to, to get a premium player at a premium position. I think I would be more inclined at this point, unless it's a small trade down, to stick and pick with their first pick and get a true, true difference maker and trade down with the Houston pick and and equip yourself with more day two picks. Um because I, I feel like if you're picking 17, 18, 19, you go down to like 27, but you can recoup some extra capital on Friday. I think that's going to mm-hmm. be really enticing for Austin Ford. Michael, your uh, Yoki in the chat. Fashionu is a top tackle. Stop hating it because of the past Levi Brown pick, of course, <laughs> both from Penn State. I can't. Uh, Yoki, I, it's it's not fair to the young man. By the time if he's the Cardinals pick and he's here and he's in red and white, I will lose that stigma in my brain. But I see Penn State first round left tackle. I think Levi Levi Brown, aka Levi Bust, the biggest bust of the last twenty years for this team. Given who else was on the board, Adrian Peterson, Darrell Rivas. So it's listen. I I I just like Joe Alt more anyway. Like I and I'm not mm-hmm. the only person who feels that way. So you I, like the feeling when your team gets off the bus. The the hosting team's like, oh shit, look at these guys. I Paris you, Johnson. You, you like to see Paris Johnson Jr. and Joe Alt at six six and six eight walk off the bus first, and you're just like, oh boy, these guys. These are this is a football team. Do you get like I give you credit? I feel like a lot on this show. I call you out. I call your wins out all the time. Um, <laughs> oh boy. I was the person last draft season that said I like Paris Johnson Jr. 
early in this draft and you poo-pooed that idea, at least like March, early April, you did not love the idea of Paris early. Now, would you say it's worked out pretty favorably for the Cardinals taking? I feel like I'm talking to my wife right now. I, feel I don't like, know. Ele- don't I say mean, that. Like that's weird. You're making it weird this situation. No, like it. That's weird. I don't like that. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, you can pull up the tape like you did today. You, you had receipts out there about when Trey McBride was was drafted, and it, I would say, as a as a group, you, me, and Frank Sanders, a legendary Cardinals wide receiver, who was sitting there with us, uh, we were whelmed by the pick at the time. To yeah. to put it nicely, uh, but I I don't remember. I think at three, I thought that I was. I said that Paris Johnson Jr. was a little rich for me at the you time. Did, yeah, you did. Okay, and I don't think that that's unfair. Yeah, and the fact that they got and then you, did you try to talk me into three is, is is right for him? I would have been fine with taking him at three. It wouldn't oh. have been my favorite thing, but I the the situation was and is so dire a tackle. That's right, Jessica. He is my work wife. That's I'm I'm uncomfortable now. <laughs> I, want to show I think Joe Alt, in all seriousness, is the. I think they're better prospects. In this, in I think draft. I think Fashionu and and Joe Alt are. More slam dunk prospects. They are. They're a better prospect. Yeah. That's. I mean, it sounds like we're being disrespectful to Paris because Paris is not Mr. Snap. You've done game. this. This is you. Well, you were trying to point no, out how you no, were in his corner, but no, in a weird I think way, there are shading him a bit. That think I have a stigma, which is correct against Penn State top ten tackles. Maybe just go back to my track record last year. I liked Paris more than people early on, and it's been a good pick. Let's take the generational kid that looks like Joe Thomas out of Notre Dame and let's put him at left tackle for the next 20 years. I, I, I just, Joe Alt doesn't, I don't see any flaws in his game. Mm-hmm. I, everybody loves Fashionu because he's a, a little bit more of a finesse player. Like Joe Alt to me is what I picture as like a hall of fame left tackle. I've here's, seen Fashionu is not Trent Williams. I'm here's sorry. The thing. He's not. Well, okay. And that's fine. Whatever. But they are rock solid prospects. And the debate is, is, is similar as I prefer Coke or Dr. Pepper with my bean and cheese burrito. Right. It's like Paulie is an elite. It's a good solid cutting the onions. It's razor thin. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good problem to have. It's called first world problems. You want, you want flowers. You want me to hand you some flowers for your Paris Johnson? No, but I would like a PSNX hard membership for $20 (laughs) off. And you can all get that right now at the merchandise locker. 59 99 uh the year uh deal of the year 59.99 get a free hat and or shirt access to our guy howard balzer's articles got some bangers out there love our guy howard um let me ask you this would you like to do a morning show with me tomorrow manana on a thursday a little bit of a morning mock with johnny and bo does that sound like something that would appeal to everybody Absolutely. Like a little morning zoo action, like Bo and Johnny in the morning. Hey, everybody. Wake up with Bo and Johnny in the morning, keeping receipts on each other. You can do a much better radio, (laughs) traditional radio voice than I can. So I'm not going to attempt that. But special episode, PHNX Cardinals podcast live tomorrow morning. I believe we're going to do 10 a.m. I may even wear my jammy jams. We're going to talk draft. We're going to do a mock draft. Open Q&A, whatever you guys want to talk about tomorrow morning. Set your YouTube accordingly. We're going to do, are we going to do traffic reports and like, hey, bing, bang, boom, it's 15 past the hour. I'll bring the sound effects. <laughs> you got them? Like yeah. the morning zoo, wacky. Uh-uh. <laughs> now let's check the weather report. Yep, sunny. We live in Arizona, knucklehead. 
Uh, yeah, I'm in for it. Let's do it. We're going to do an early show tomorrow. Um, and so set your alarms. If you need an alarm for a 10 o'clock show, though, might be unless you're working the night shift, might have some issues. Uh, bring your pancakes, bring your griddles, <laughs> bring your sk- uh, skillets. We're going to have a good time. Uh, morning show uh, with Johnny and Bo. Topics Are we going to bicker before. over tackles? You think we'll bicker? Is that in our mock draft future? I just hope you don't call me your wife in the morning. <laughs> I'll have just spoken with my wife. I don't need two wives in the morning. <laughs> Topic $64.99. Uh, thank you so much, my guy. What about its tall, skilled receiver as a first pick? There's one out of uh, Columbus that that checks all those boxes, I think, for us. For we sure. But it the consolation prizes the Marvin Harrison Jr. are not bad. I mean, they're they're, 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 yeah. they'd be the best player in last year's draft. Yeah. Uh, the, the other kid that plays for Ohio State, uh, Undunzie for uh, Unduzi for for Washington, who we're going to see in the college football playoff, could just skyrocket his his stock. Yeah, Malik Neighbors. I mean, the draft process is going to be kind to those guys because they're going to put up some stupid numbers as far as the 40-yard dash and just how they look in shorts. So, yeah, I, I can't wait for it, but uh, because of all of you out there and Johnny and myself, you know, that's you know about, you know those names, which is great. It's been fun. Like, I, I like this. I, I Even when the Arizona Cardinals get a roster, when, when we're not looking at the offensive and defensive side of the football like we did today and saying, mm, could you upgrade these positions? Like, we'll never stop with drafts. It's always draft season here. Yeah, and again, it works out to our benefit that your boys have two first-round picks and a blue-chip draft to preview, and we're going to preview it all season, all off-season long, Combine, Mobile, Alabama, Senior Bowl, yeah. uh, anything oh, and everything. I got something. Uh Big announcement. Trevor Sikama is going to join the show on Friday. Pro Football Focus draft expert. Remember from the Draft Network, guys all over the place, already in the lab, uh, looking at all the scattering reports, all the tape on the 2024 class. He's set to join Johnny and myself on Friday. So can't wait for that. He puts together their big board uh, and uh, their mock draft simulator, a staple, become a staple of this this fine program we're going to do one in the morning. In the meantime, like this video. Let's get this to 250 likes for your boys here on a work Wednesday with your work wives of sorts. He's Bo Brock. <laughs> I'm Johnny Venerable. Producer Damon Dog crushed it today with the graphics. Again, subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Follow us at Bo Brock at Johnny get Venerable. Get that diehard membership. Do it. Do it now. Please. Get it. Screen capture it. Send us to us on Twitter. We'll retweet it. We'll celebrate it because it's worth celebrating. Uh, is a diehard. Join it. Now uh, we will see you manana in the morning, 10 a.m. sharp. Be there. Jammy jams.